1: Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on, uh, I guess it's a Wednesday morning, isn't it? Uh, something like that. And uh, just as usual, uh, beautiful fall morning in the hill country. And uh, just uh, can't wait to get this show on the road. We've got uh, uh, Jonathan the Science coming on the line with us today. And we're going to talk a little bit about what school boards and schools are doing, even though they know they're against the law, breaking law, law. Do they know they're breaking the law? Do they not know? Um, are they pulling uh, tricks behind the scenes? All of these uh, we're going to talk with uh, Jonathan Sion's about today. So we're looking forward to that. Um, got a lot of things on your uh, calendar for you. Uh, let's see. Here we go. It is uh, today. At uh, 6 o'clock this evening, uh, We the People, Liberty in Action is having what they call a greet-up or a meet-up. They've changed their name from meet and greet to, uh, I think it's meet-up. And uh, so I need to get that changed in my notes. That's going to be at 6 o'clock at the Acapulco Mexican restaurant in Kerrville this evening. To the caller yesterday who was uh, concerned about HEB, Listen, these guys, uh, Liberty in Action, they're all over this HEB thing, and there is someone there who will uh, guide you, help you uh, uh, go in the right direction on that. And so this is um, a good opportunity if uh, for that caller from yesterday, and I appreciate you calling. Um, uh, tomorrow at 6 o'clock in uh, Fredericksburg, we have a candidate forum for the district uh, court clerk um, that at Victory Fellowship. Um, it's kind of interesting is I looked at the, I looked at the ballot and I'm pretty sure this is the race where, uh, there's only one name on the ballot and there's other people, uh, going as write-ins. Listen, I'm not sure how serious you are as a candidate if you're going as a write-in. In fact, um, if you were thinking about running for that office and you didn't get your stuff in in time, then you have to go as a write-in, or maybe you'd never even thought about running for that office, and now you want to go for whatever reason. Listen, these are not (laughs) I hate to say it, but um, if you're a write-in, you're not a very well-prepared candidate, and I don't know how serious I can take you if you didn't do the work ahead of time to get in on the ballot in a, um, I'm not going to say legitimate, but in a uh, normal manner. If you had to resort to a write-in, there's something wrong with your campaign. Uh, maybe you lost in the primaries, and so you won't wah, 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 think I'll run. Or, like I said, you just decided, didn't decide to run until it was way too late. So I can't take a candidate very seriously who runs as a write-in. Um, so uh, let's keep moving on. Monday the 10th at 9 o'clock is going to be the election trial in a District Court in Fredericksburg, and this has to do with the 2019 fluoride election. There was an outstanding article up on um on the Texas Scorecard. I would refer you to if you're not too sure what that's going on. That is, uh, go to Texas Scorecard and uh, it's if it's not, you know what? I think it was actually on the Texan. It wasn't Texas Scorecard. I apologize. It's actually on the Texan dot news. Um, and you can get three articles for free. So if you've not used up your uh, three articles yet. This um, article on the uh, trial that's happening in on Monday is uh, very well written in uh, on the texan.news go check it out and uh, I highly recommend a um, subscription to this if you are in any way interested in the politics and what's going on with your elected officials and what's going on in the state of Texas then it, it, you should already have a subscription to this. Uh, Support those who support us, and the Texan.News is a very, very good source, and uh, they don't run advertisements or anything. That's why you are paying about seven bucks a month, maybe eight bucks a month for that service. So go check that article out. Um, It was posted October 4th. That trial begins on Monday at nine o'clock in the district court, which is in the jailhouse on the second floor. In Fredericksburg, I've never been in there, so we'll all find out together uh, next Monday where the uh, where that second floor courthouse is. All right, Thursday going on to next week. We got three things going on a week from tomorrow. We've got the canning class that starts. We have the meet and greet at uh, Buzzie's uh, barbecue with uh, Chip Roy, um, and then also we have the uh, Fredericksburg Tea Party regular meeting. It's going to be all education. We have uh, great speakers from Texas Public Policy Foundation who are going to talk to us about upcoming legislation and uh, why, what might be headed down the pike in this next session, um, school choice being among those. Uh, where do you come in on school choice? Um, and so that's going to be one of them. And then we also have Stephen Housley from from Texas Homeschool Coalition. And so not only will we kind of get the latest on education, um, public education, or I'm going to call it government education, um, but we're also going to be able to look at the homeschool side of that coin. And uh, are you ready to go homeschool? Man, more and more people are. Um, Let me give you a little bit of uh, Ben Franklin um, before we take off on a break here. And uh, let's see, um, let's see, I've always liked this, when the greatest monarch on the proudest throne is obliged to to sit upon his own, yeah, arse is the word they used, A-R-S-E, the greatest king and the proudest throne in the whole world, guess what they all have to do? They have to sit upon their own behind, and boy, isn't that the truth? Um, So thanks for that, Ben. Uh, Folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back, and hopefully I can figure out how to get Mr. Science on the telephone. Find out more about the Fredericksburg Tea Party at fredericksburgteaparty.org. All right, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. And uh, I'm going to do my best to see if I can't get uh, Jonathan Science with uh, TX Values on the line with me. So let's see if I can push all the right buttons here today.
0: Started. There's a lot of uh, tech industries around there, but it's a, a nice area. They've got a minor league baseball team and a you know pretty big, uh, small town, if you will, just north of Austin. So a lot of people that work in and around the Capitol and and around um, the Austin area, live in the Round Rock area. And for many years, the school district is seen as a model for other school districts around the state. Uh, But that's not the case anymore. I mean, and a big part is the school board members, their board of trustees, they just don't listen to parents. They are, or or they rarely do. It's a really hostile environment. Um, What I've experienced lately and seen where there, if there's issues that parents have concerns about, um, they engage in a lot of efforts that makes it very difficult for parents to speak at public meetings and then when they have complaints about how things are done in the school district, it seems like they try to hide a lot of what happens. And so um, there's a particular incident going on where we represent a parent who has complained and expressed concerns uh, about the school district not having a written policy and not letting parents know ahead of time that they allow boys to undress in the girls' locker room. Mm. And the school district um, or members of their team have suggested or said that we don't have a policy on that issue. Um, and they do. So we've asked them, we've sent in a request. We've tried to ask them to give us a written copy of it. I mean, parents want to know what are the rules? What, what's the What's the situation? The school board has a board policy, but you won't find this in it on mm. their public website. So what they say, what we were able to find out is, well, they say we do this, we address these issues on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in a bunch of different emails that we were finally able to um, have access to. That is a policy. We call it a shadow policy because they, you see them talk about it uh, behind the scenes or behind closed doors. They're not talking about it at public meetings. They won't even let people bring this up on the agenda. And, but here's a big part of the problem. They claim that they have the legal right to do it, and it's not true. Their analysis of, of the law that allows them to do this or you know, uh, puts them in a position that it's legal to do it um, is inaccurate. I mean, part of their analysis is based on um, things that Obama tried to push forward through the Department of Education many years ago mm-hmm. that a federal judge in Texas struck down as unconstitutional. Um, and so and a big part of it is they're just not letting parents know ahead of time this is how things are going
1: to be you know this is something i've started to notice as uh, education kind of floated to the top in the last uh, over the last few years is and i'm not sure if it's ignorance or if it's on purpose but there seems to be a lot of school districts that even though we have a law on paper there is a it's it's there's no one to enforce it you know when i'm speeding down the highway i take the risk of of uh, getting pulled over, right? You know, I never know, I know those corners where the state trooper hides and where the county guys are. Where, it, but when these school districts, they don't. If the school board or a majority of the board doesn't like the rules that are coming out of the state legislature, is there? There's not a cop waiting around the corner for them. And uh, so, how how is it that we? How is it that these rules and laws get enforced? um how do they get enforced
0: well i mean a lot of this is parents getting involved and pushing back i mean and sometimes you'll see parents will file lawsuits against the school district sometimes the attorney general's office or the texas education agency will get involved but i tell you we've tried to have uh, local representatives like um senator schwartner mm-hmm. speak out on these things and get involved we haven't really seen any action from their office um, we've reached, I mean, we're at the point where we're likely to, to try to get TEA involved. I mean, we're asking the attorney general's office uh, to help us. Well, uh, we've asked for documents from the school district to make it clear what's going on so we can get to the bottom of all this. But it's taking quite a, a little bit longer than we expected from the attorney general's office to decide how they think the situation should be handled. And so um, I do think there's some growing frustration that people that are in a position that could do something and be involved in enforcement um, haven't. It.
1: it just seems like that, that 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 there's so many people against us when we know the law. You know, there is this process, and we're all learning this. There's a level one complaint um, a process for schools, and then a level two, and then a level three, and. I don't know how far it goes. I think level three is when it has to go in front of the school board itself, the whole board. Am I, am I correct on that?
0: Well, that's where we are with this situation. Um, it is at level three with a parent that we're representing. And this was two weeks ago where we had an opportunity to present our concerns before the school board. And we thought the best thing to do was do it in public to have mm-hmm. the public hear about it and learn what's going on. And um, the, the school board rejected that request. And so, you know, it just seems to to be a part of the way that, that the majority of their people want to operate. There are a couple of school board members, Danielle Weston and Mary Bone that have that, that share some of these concerns as well. But mm-hmm. the the rest of them have, in my opinion, been very hostile efforts to try to shed some light on these issues. And that's why we're calling it a shadow policy, that behind the scenes, the policy is in Round Rock ISD that they allow boys to undress in the girls' locker room. Parents have been very upset about it because it just happens without the girls knowing ahead of time that it's going to happen. And some, um, my understanding, one if not more at one point, just refused to, to use the girls' locker room. Mm. And we're, we're seeing this happen in other parts of the country. As a matter of fact, I, there's a report out um, from another state where the girls are being either not allowed or being banned from the girls' locker room yeah. because they're not comfortable with a boy undressing in the girls' locker room who claims to be transgender. They- and so uh, it's, come, it's really become come time to put a stop to this.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I guess the parents' frustration, and it's everything from very sexually explicit books to um, it, to all the way to the other end of that, which is, the, you know, boys going into the dressing rooms and even possibly under, I guess, under Obama's uh, letter to whatever he called it, his letter to trust uh, to friends or something like that. He said, yeah, you dear know, colleague. <clears throat> yeah, dear colleague letter, and he said something to the effect of, you know, even when they go on school, when they go on out-of-town trips, and listen, I did out-of-town trips with the band when I was a kid and, and in high school, and I remember taking a trip to Austin to UT for some kind of band event. And let me tell you, the they did everything possible to keep the boys out of the girls' hotel rooms <laughs> those two nights we were there, and to even think that somehow we could have figured out a way to get the girls into our rooms... Man, we'd have been all over that, Jonathan. I I don't know what to say about that.
0: Look, I mean, there are legitimate concerns when the school district just allows people to do whatever they want, and particularly when they're not letting parents know about it. And this is how they've been trying to operate. And here's part of the deal, okay? In my opinion, Round Rock ISD and other school districts, they don't want to have a public discussion or debate about these issues because they either sent, number one, there's going to be a lot of opposition and a lot of controversy or number two, that the majority of the people in the public are not going to support it. And so they don't want to be in a position where they have to talk about it publicly or then put it to a vote because then they've got to have more visibility and accountability for a situation that a lot of people are going to have concerns about. And so instead of doing that, they hide behind it and say, well, We have a case-by-case approach, so it's not really a policy. It is a policy. Hmm. Your approach, and they call it in emails we've been able to obtain, this is our approach. This Hmm. is our practice. What's the difference? That is a policy when that's something that you do on a regular basis and it's been widely accepted through the school district that this is how these issues are handled. And I'm going to tell you, Matt, it's not just we allow the boys to go into the girls' um, locker rooms. There's also like two or three different steps, that these kids and their parents get different options that are never discussed with the other kids and families who can be impacted, who are going to be in that locker room or bathroom. And so you've got w- only one side that is having an involvement in this issue, and everybody else just has to accept it, and they have to notify it. We were able to find that there was an email sent to what appears to be district-wide to parents. A few years ago, because there was fear that there was a contaminated strain of lettuce mm. that might end up at the school in like school lunches. Mm-hmm. They found out that was not actually the lettuce that the school district ordered. But they sent an email district wide to make sure parents knew that there's contaminated lettuce, but that's not the one they ended up ordering. Mm. But they didn't send a notice. Parents letting them know, oh, by the way, a boy might be undressing next to your daughter in the girls locker room. That's what's going on in Round Rock ISD.
1: Man, well, listen, we're about out of time, but there's two things I want you to wrap us up with, two messages. By the way, this is Jonathan Sines with TXValues.org, TXValuesAction.org, very, very active up at the uh, legislature during the legislative session. So I have two things I want you to close out on. Um, First of all, this tells us how important elections uh, for school board uh, are and how important that parents' engagement is. Uh, but then also, is there anything, do you see anything coming up in the next legislative session that's going to maybe uh, address this uh, sexualization of our children in uh, schools <clears throat> to make that a little bit uh, a little bit tougher to do? Do you see anything coming up in the next legislative session?
0: Well, I think there's, uh, there's going to be a variety of ways that state lawmakers are going to Address these issues that are happening in the public schools, and, and a big part of it's transparency. It's some of these the sexual content, some of the stuff we're talking about here. Um, that the state legislators say, "Look, if you're going to, if you're not going to listen to parents and let them participate in the process, um, you know, we'll come up with a policy of our own of how you how you um, have to deal with these issues." And so, um, and that concern has been growing for you know for some time, particularly out coming out of COVID. And so, look, it is important if, if you could, you know, concern about these issues, find out if there's school board elections in your area. Mm-hmm. If you're having these type of issues at your school, let us know. That way we can um, help if there's a, something we can help, but also make people aware of how, you know, a variety of different school districts where these things are happening. You can send an email to info at txvalues.org. Um, but don't be afraid to ask these questions to the school districts when you find out. Why are you doing these things? Where's the policy? Where can I find this information? And so we need a collective help. But I do see the legislature um, getting very involved in these issues because um, they're concerned when they're hearing from their constituents locally that the school districts aren't listening to them.
1: Hmm. Mr. Sines, we're out of time. Thank you so much. This is Jonathan Science with Texas Values, and you can find him at txvalues.com dot org txvaluesaction.org and if you want to reach out to them it's info at txvalues did i get that right info at txvalues.org yeah that's right all right info at txvalues.org and uh, if you need to get help from those guys do so thank you again jonathan for joining us on a wednesday and we'll see you soon thanks matt we'll see Mm-hmm. hmm all right so there we go let's see if i all right i'm back And, um, I think I have some lights still going here. I hope you can hear me out there. Um, and, uh, but anyway, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, um, I've got a couple of topics. I'll have to flip a coin during the break to see which one I go to. So y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Texas politicians fear him. He's Matt log. all right we are back thank you so much for staying tuned and i think i'm getting all the buttons pushed right today and uh by the way you can find these programs on uh, the hill country patriot they stay here for about a week um and they're rotated out so if you hear something today or heard something yesterday and you want to tell a friend about it send them to hillcountrypatriot.com if it's a week out or further a week out further then. um you know, you can go ahead and uh, send them to Spotify or any of the numerous podcast sites. Um, and uh, they are, they, I'm all over the interwebs. Uh, they haven't gotten me on to iHeartRadio yet, um, but uh, that's all right. I'm on a lot of other places. And so you can go and find those. Just search for The Matt Long Show also, uh, my website's going to be going up pretty soon. Looking forward to that. Got a lot of material ready to go up on that. One of the things we're going to put on that website is a calendar. So when I go through the calendar, um, you'll be able to, if I read it too fast or there's phone numbers involved, then you'll be able to go to the website. And um, on further down the road, and probably very like, uh, very unlikely right away, but a little bit on down the road, I'm going to create a way to um, – text and communicate during the program with me that is not just for the people who have my uh, cell phone number Uh, those people are already texting me and I want to thank the uh, seven people that sent me a text that said we can't hear uh, Mr. Science uh, because I would not have known and so that you could not hear him out there and so I appreciate that so you guys keep it up But down the road, and my goal is to have a way that we can uh, uh, talk, um, that we can text. You can send me a message during the program that uh, I don't have to give out my personal cell number to everybody. Um, And uh, so there you go. Um, I am on an article at the Texas Scorecard because, again, we're talking about the importance of what's going to be happening in the next legislative session. And uh, we're real. This is um, these, you know, we only meet. Uh, every two years, once every two years for 140 days, once every two years for 140 days. And then a lot of people, a lot of those of you who have moved here from out of state and, and uh, that you know, think that, we, uh, that it's normal to have a legislature that is full-time, which is true in many, many states. Um, we don't do that. We don't want a full-time legislature. Don't ask for one. And when those weenies up at the uh, uh, Pink Dome in the People's Republic of, uh, t- of Austin, when they complain that we don't have enough time, 140 days isn't enough time, well, it would be if you would do the things that are most important and then get your butts back home. You've got plenty of time in 140 days to do the things that are important. And right now, I think the things that Texans believe are most important are border security. Things like um, uh, education, sexualizing our children. Um, what, what's the? Uh, what else would we could could be important? These are important things right now, and uh, but yet they'll go in, and you'll have uh, committee meetings on all kinds of stupid things go on and on and on and on, and then the things that are most important to Texas voters, when they don't get those done because they don't want to get them done because they don't want to upset the Democrats. Yeah, you heard that right. Our Republicans in the Texas House don't want to upset the Democrats, and so they do everything they can to appease them, because here's how, Here's listen, I'm sorry, but here's how dumb these guys are. They really, honest to God, really believe that if they keep giving all of this uh, space to the Democrats, that someday... When the Democrats are back in charge, and that pendulum always swings, folks, the Democrats at some point will be running the Texas House again. And our idiot Republican leadership in Austin thinks they actually, honest to God, believe that the Democrats will be really nice to them when they get in power. That This is what your representatives think, the majority of them. They really think that. Otherwise, why would they keep giving chairmanships to um, to Democrats in the Texas House in a house that's been controlled by Republicans now for you know what 19 years, something like that 17 years, 19 years and they keep every year over and over keep putting Democrats in charge of important um, uh, committees and 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 it's just idiotic. That they keep doing this. Well, this year it's going to be a real tell tale, a real tell on Dade Phelan and the leadership in the Texas House, because in uh, the um, when we had that constitute when we had that uh, during the primary, we had that little survey that goes out during the primary. Uh, Republicans want this, want that, and the other thing. Um, it was over eighty five percent of Republicans said we do not want. We do not want um, Democrats leading the any kind of committees in Austin, and and that was these are the Republicans who actually vote. All right, this was on a ballot proposition. It was in March, and there were more than eighty percent. I'm now finding the numbers. It was more than eighty percent, eighty percent. So it wasn't like fifty-five percent or sixty. It was eighty percent, over eighty percent. Of these are Republicans that are engaged. When we, when we define who the good Republicans are when it comes to citizens, the good citizen Republicans are the ones that vote in every primary, every single primary. These are the ones that, that really count, that are really doing, uh, the, the doing their job, they care, they're engaged. If you don't vote in the primary or blow it off every couple of years and, yeah, whatever, I we were on vacation that week, I just didn't get it done, then you're really not a very serious voter. And I just I'm honestly I can't take you very seriously. So the the Republicans who are engaged in the primaries have said that over 80 percent that we do not want committee chairs um, uh, held by Democrats. Fast forward to June of this year when. The Republican state convention it took place, all right, down in Houston, which uh, I was uh, a- a- able to attend this year. I've gone to four of the last five, um, and it was oh, it was absolutely the overwhelming theme of those days in 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 Houston during that state convention. It was more talked about more than probably anything was the fact that we no longer want Democrats as heads of uh, committees in Austin as long as the Republicans are in charge. And so it actually got put on the priorities. Now, let me tell you how weird that is. Our platform and our priorities have to do with with things that we would like to see as law or would like to see uh, done or taken care of, and it's always, and then what ends up in the priorities is always something that has to do with legislation. We want legislation on open carry or or uh, constitutional carry. We want legislation to uh, uh, stop abortions. We won't let so all normally those are the things that go onto the priorities of the Republican Party. Things they can accomplish by legislation. Well, listen carefully to this. Heads of committee chairs is not something that can be done, is done by legislation. And and so it ended up, yes, it ended up on the priorities, even though technically or, I don't know, philosophically, that shouldn't even be in the priorities or the platform because, well, you may have it in the platform, but in the priorities because it's not really It's not really like passing laws or getting rid of laws. It's not that same line. It was a message to the Republicans in the state house saying, and I believe that number was over 90% of those thousands who are involved, who are engaged. These are the Republicans that run the party, that run the show, that are supposed to be in charge, the citizens that go to... The, uh, that go to your precinct meetings, the citizens that take time out of a Saturday to go to a, a county proje- uh, a convention or a, a, um, a Senate district convention. These are the time, the times where people dig out of their own pocket and go to Houston. And in my case, my pocket wasn't deep enough. And if it wasn't for the good people over at Mag Eyes, Mr. Schubert, um, I It would have been very diff, I'd probably still be paying off my credit card for going to Houston. But mag guys and Mr. Sh- uh, uh, Schubert over there, those guys uh, offered and stood up and helped me go. So all those other thousands and thousands of citizens that had to go down to Houston and participate, these are people that care, are concerned, they're engaged, they're involved because you don't just go to Houston for a week just for the fun of it and spend two or three hundred dollars a night in a crappy little hotel room. They don't that you don't do that just for the for the fun. Right. You do that because you're engaged. You're serious. You want to be involved. You want to be a part of deciding which direction the Republican Party goes. And so that's what we did. We got together and it was overwhelmingly a theme of that convention. No more Democratic chairs in in, uh, in the Texas House. No more. And yet, I guarantee you, it is absolutely falling on deaf ears. The man, Dade Phelan, who is the presumptive Speaker of the House, and he doesn't have to be. Folks, he doesn't have to be. If, if, if enough Republicans will stand up on day one, if the Republican caucus will do honestly what the Republican caucus said they would do two sessions ago, when they got done with the session they all met and they decided that we're not going to have any more of this silliness of fighting over over the uh, speaker of the house and so we're going to come out of the republican caucus all right and with with a decision well they couldn't even get only they couldn't even get the caucus together it took them two sundays so a caucus was called a meeting of the caucus was called and about half of them showed up or less and the half that didn't show up said, well, it wasn't properly called. See, they didn't properly call that caucus, so we're, we're not going to go to go to that. And so then that group got together the following Sunday, and uh, only half showed up, because the other half had already been there last Sunday, had already put their words in. So this half shows up and says, oh, we're the official caucus. So the Republican caucus in the House is already broken and split. So it is time For your representative, it is time for Andy Murr. It's time for Ellen Troxclair when she gets elected. I know she, I'm confident that she'll be elected, but it's time to let these two people know that we're just not going to tolerate this anymore. That we're just not going to put up with this anymore. And if your representative is not willing to fight on day one, because that's when the fight has to take place. The fight has to start after November 8th. There has to be pressure put on by those who were elected to make sure that the Republican caucus goes in a different direction other than Dade Phelan, who's going to keep putting Democrats in charge, right? And he's going to keep putting Democrats in the education committee. He's going to heading up the education committee. You think we're going to get that uh, LGBTQWTF stuff out of our school by putting Democrats in charge of education committee? It ain't going to happen. Our Democrats in Texas are no different than the Democrats of Nancy Pelosi. They're the same dadgum Democrats. And yet we got Republicans up there say, you know, they're, those Texas Democrats, they're different. My butt, they're different. They're not different at all in any way. They're the same progressive liberals who are bent. And I'm going to use the term hell bent, which is exactly where they're where, where, who, in the direction they're bent. They're hell-bent on sexualizing your children, and the Speaker of the House, the presumptive Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan, is uh, playing footsie with them, and everybody that votes for him, for Dade Phelan, Phelan, someone told me they said best way to his name really should be pronounced Phelan, Uh Dade Phelan, um, and everybody who, who is supporting him, which includes, unfortunately, in the Hill Country, our own Andrew Murr, supports Dade Ph- Phelan, also uh, uh, thinks that Democrats should be uh, heading up uh, uh, important um, committee chairs if he does not believe that if Andy Merwell says, you know well that Matt Long's a liar I-, I don't believe that then he needs to prove that to us by not by not defending Dade felon by not voting for Dade felon in the next in the next uh, legislative session by standing up on January 10th and representing true conservative values of the Hill Country as well as the priorities of the of the the pr- priorities of the Republican Party for crying out loud you call yourself a Republican I don't know I'm just I'm I'm getting sick and tired of these Republicans in fact um you guys you Republican Texas House I'm telling you what if things don't change this year there's going to be some interesting con- uh, We're going to be have some interesting con- uh, uh, conversations, because it's going to be really hard for get me to vote again for a Republican in a Texas in the Texas House. I'm serious, y'all. Are, y'all, it's time. The world is on edge. The state's upside down. We're tipping over. We may just Texas just may capsize into the Gulf of Mexico, the way things are going right now. Folks, y'all stay tuned. I'll try to cool down, and we'll be back, and we'll wrap this show up. All right, I'm getting this figured out. We are back. You're listening to the Matt Long Show. Um, Things have to change this year. The Republicans need to get the message that we're no longer going to tolerate this. Listen, we're going to go out and vote for ours this year. I'm going to go out and vote straight down ours. My good friend, uh, uh, preacher Mike Sublet, up in uh, Pampa, Texas, uh, he's uh, always getting in touch with me uh, during the primaries and um, and says, uh, who, who do we vote for in the primaries? And I go through and I... I really, I even investigate what is on his um, ballots up there. What judges does he have the ability to vote on, and so on and so forth, and representatives, representation, Senate as well. So I go through his ballot with him very seriously, and uh, then he is one of these preachers you gotta love. He takes uh, the discussion we have, and uh, then on Sunday before the voting starts, uh, before election, before the uh, early voting starts uh, on Sunday. He prints all those recommendations out and uh, then he preaches a sermon and he says um we've been researching all these guys here are the ones you need to vote for yes he brings it into the church building and he says all right it's the primaries we got to vote for these people because they believe this and that and yeah that's what he does so every november when we have the general election in november the funny thing that happens is that he and he did this a couple of days ago. He sent me a note. He says, "So uh, who do we vote for in uh, in November?" And he did. He did uh, put down there straight R ticket. You know, he did put that in there. He's you know he's not a he's not a dummy. And uh, I thought about it for a second. It kind of made me laugh. And uh, I wrote back and I said, "Grab your vomit bag and go vote straight Republican." And that's what it is. Listen, we put up a good fight in the primaries, but we didn't do it. That doesn't mean we take our toys and go home and just quit. That means we still have to stand and fight for those Republicans that did win in the primary. We need to make sure and get them in. And I wish, ah, man, how I wish I could tell you a good reason to do that. But the only reason that the Republican Party has given me Believe me, I have asked a bunch of them. I've said tell me why I should vote all Republican why I should vote all Republican this November. And the answer I get over and over and over is it's better than other choice, ain't it? It's better than Beto. Folks, if you're you know, if you're selling ice cream or soda pop or whatever you're selling, if your only sales line is it's better than doctor Pepper. It's better than briars. If that's your only sales point, I'm not even sure. I mean, let's just go back to the ice cream. It's better than briars. Well, I hadn't eaten briars in years, so I get you know what I'd need to do to find out if that was true? I'd have to go buy a tub of briars, and I might say, you know, briars is not too bad. I kind of like this, so I don't know what they're trying to sell me over there, but they said it's better than briars. I like briars. I'm happy with this. Unless you're selling, unless your product has a positive, if there's some reason to buy that product other than it's better than the other product, there has to be something other than that. Otherwise, you're just selling junk. Who wants to go out and vote for a Republican just because he's better than the uh, the other option? No, it doesn't make any sense to me. And until the Republicans in the state of Texas start standing up and defining what a Republican is and holding those accountable who go to office like Dade Phelan or Dade Felon, Dade the felon Phelan, um, it's going to stay the same. And I'll tell you, this is a message to the Republican Party leadership. Your Republican voters are going to freaking disappear. They're going to disappear. They're going to go away. I'm hearing it over and over and over. We're sick and tired of the Republicans jacking with us when they go up to Austin. They beg us to vote, and they tell us all these things they're going to do, and then they go to Austin and don't do any of it, and then they question us. You know, that's Dade Phelan's latest strategy. When asked about the uh, leadership of uh, Democrats in leadership positions, he turns the tables and tries to turn it on you. And says, well, what priorities have been blocked by Democrat chairs? As if you were able to keep up with every single small detail up at the Capitol. Do not even give these guys a chance when they bring up that answer. Before I go too far, we need to get to Mark 7 today about the heart of man. After after he called the crowd to him again, he, Jesus, began saying to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand There is nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. When he had left the crowd and entered the house, when he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples questioned him about the parable. And he said to them, are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? but it does Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach and is eliminated. There you go. There's Jesus talking about poop. You want to get your middle school boys engaged in the Bible? There you go. Mark 7 um, and verse 19, and there you go. And going on to verse 20, and he said, And he was saying, That which proceeds out of man... That is what defiles the man. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed the evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, inverse slander, pride and foolishness. All of these things proceed from within and defile the man. So it's not what you put in is what comes out you know, this is one of the things, the difference between progressives and those of us on the conservative side, is we know that man is broken, that man is full of junk, just like Jesus went over in Mark 7. We know that. We admit it, and we, and, and we depend on the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to cover us in that. But at the same time, at the same time, we... The, on the other side, and I apologize, I lost track. The other side, the progressives, thinks that is all fixable. They think that uh, with enough rules and regulations and, and what have you, that we can control all of that that comes out of man and we'll all live in a perfect world. And anytime you go along with that, anytime you support that, um, you're running into some serious issues. So it is time for Republicans to demand from your representative that you no longer put Democrats in committee seats in the Texas House. Folks, y'all stay tuned, and um, we'll see y'all manana.